is Show Notes, the podcast for performance with Emily Edwards. chatting today very kind of informally but about something that I think is really important at this time of great crisis and change and challenge and that's the emotion of grief now I personally feel we don't maybe talk about grief that much like do you kind of feel that in the same way Mon? Well I think it's important to just try and get some sort of definition of what the experience of grief is. So if if we're talking about grief in terms of what's happening in the world, I think that's a very different grief or what's happening in our careers, what's happening in our life because of what's happening currently on a global scale with the pandemic. I think that is quite different from the experience of loss of, say, someone that we really love Mm. or a career that um, has been brought to a halt because of illness or because of accident or something like that. So I'm curious to sort of um, explore what you'd like to unpack here a little bit. Yeah, I love that. I love that um, distinction because I think that's the tricky thing is that we're coming up against this really strong emotion of kind of loss and change and the unknown and we'll talk um later on in another um, segment about fear but we're coming up against this really strong emotion that i would kind of say is a loss so we're probably grieving what was grieving the loss of maybe hopes or dreams or plans or contracts or for some living arrangements for some people have moved countries and so i guess as you say that grief is really different to the kind of acute grief of the loss of a loved one or a career-ending injury or something like that. Yeah, I think I think when you talk about losing, you know, a person, a loved one, or you you talk about losing a career, uh, there's a permanency associated with that mm. type of loss, and there's a grief that I I personally think continues. Yeah. We we manage and deal with it and experience it. Uh, it, it evolves as we evolve. But what what happens, I think, in the in the context of what you're talking about now, with with what we're currently experiencing around loss of career, or that it's coupled with a whole lot of other emotions, mm-hmm. and so putting a vocabulary on it is tricky, because mm-hmm. really a lot of our experience is dire straits grief. You know, yeah. someone says I'm grieving. It's because I've lost a partner, or I've lost a child, or I've lost. I've lost a country, my country I've had to move or I've lost the use of my legs or, yeah. you know, like some really traumatic, whereas this is like it's a, it's there, the grief and the lot, sense of loss associated with uh, what you were speaking about in careers and is, is coupled with a whole cluster of other emotions. Mm. And so we, we clustered with worry, we're clustered with that. So it's sort of like that, I think, that sort of humming thing that happens around electricity poles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like it's not a, it's just, it's just bumping away and, and different people are experiencing that frequency at different levels. Some it's just a little, and some of it is really full on. Mm. So I, I think 
we can't make assumptions about how people are experiencing loss or grief at this time, but I think we do need to acknowledge that there's a whole range of other emotions, many of which I believe we can actually manage and tame and get a grip on mm. that will will enable us to uh, to move through this period of time, which is not going to be forever. Yeah, we need to remember that. See, whereas in the case of a loss of someone, a person that we love, it is a is it is a forever loss. Yeah, Yeah. this is not a forever loss. We Mm. would hope. Yeah, and and look, yeah, that's the thing. I guess none of us know, but that's important to remember. Like, there we we continue to exist. So I think when we continue to exist, there is hope. Whereas if someone has passed away there's not hope of their immediate resurrection, no. you know. Exactly. Um, what's interesting to me is a few things. I'd love to hear more about what those associated emotions are. Um, but also I think what is interesting in this situation, it's kind of what I was saying that at the beginning, is that, you know, we may have had various levels of um, grief in our lives before or just uncomfortable, difficult emotions And you mentioned kind of this idea of it shows up for people differently. They're experiencing it at different levels. But I'd also love to delve into like how people show up in it differently. So not only how it is experienced by them, but how then they show up in the world. So I guess that's two things. What are the other emotions and how we can begin to manage them and and how people might show up in the world differently so we can recognize that in ourselves and other people? Yeah, I think the, the most important thing is to remember that, that what we think in our heads, what's going on in our heads will actually dictate how we're going to feel about things and, and what our behaviour is going to be. Mm. And by that I mean if I, if I focus on, you know, the, the glass half empty, so to speak, if I, if I focus on the, the catastrophe or the pending catastrophe that I'm creating in my own mind then my life is not going to be terribly happy. You know, I'm going to be sort of really battling. It's going to be a struggle and a battle, a constant sort of negative feel and vibe around my life. So I think that we have to we have to sort of realise that, say, in a crisis that we're currently in with this health problem, um, our point of reference has changed. Oh. And so, you know, our point of reference might, may have been, well, you know, my point of reference may be my routine. Mm. And so my, my reference is that I get up in the morning, I have a shower, I do whatever I do, you know, I might exercise and then I, you know, get on the bus and go into town or do whatever I do, I don't know. But but now, I'm, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking, well, crumbs, what do I do now? You know, do, should I sleep in or should I get up? Or if I get up, what am I getting up for? And, yeah. you know, yes, I can do an hour of exercise and yes, I could read that novel I've been meaning to read or I could, you know, I could, should I play a bit? Should I still pray? Like lots of questions because yeah. the point of reference is completely on its head. That's so interesting, so, you know, yeah. A way to sort of work with that, I think, is and that sort of once we sort of bring some shape into into this uncertain sort of time that i think the worry diminishes because mm-hmm. while we're ever in that that point of reference is all over the shop like we don't have a point we don't have a point of reference yeah. it's fluid it's moving it's and that in itself brings that seasickness 
feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like totally. We really are sort of bobbing around, unknowing, you know, not being able to really focus. Um, and and that over a prolonged period of time can really, like you can see it on Facebook and on other social media channels at the moment, like people are now sort of starting to say, oh, you know, this was pretty good to begin with, but now after a week or two, like I'm really feeling People are it. fatigued, yeah. So I think we have to find new ways. You know, those associated emotions are worry would be the big one. You mm-hmm. know, worry, financial worry is a big one. Yeah. Fortunately, in Australia, you know, we, we do have some um, government support coming through that's mm. um, going to going to help. Yeah, um, and I've got some know, episodes just... actually with people from other countries talking about, you know, both, both finance, finances in crisis and financial support for other countries. So um, mm. that'll be helpful as well. Yeah. Yeah, great. So, you know, I think, I think we need to, to be aware of the, at the end of the day, the only thing that we can control here is ourselves. Mm. That's it. Yeah. We can't control the virus, that's for sure. It, it doesn't discriminate. Um, we can't control our immediate external world very well. We can influence it, but we can't really control it. Mm. So what we can control is how we show up yeah. in this. And this is why, you know, meditative practices, this is why being centred, this is why going out and putting your feet on the grass and grounding yourself. This is why, mm. you know, having leisure and play and music and all of the beautiful things that the creative arts provide is really essential to our health in mm. this. And so, you know, yes, we, you know, all of us, I think, are change, have changed our parameters and our point of reference has changed because of this um, current crisis. But I, I think that switching and reframing all of that too is helpful to to reframe a crisis to an opportunity, you know, mm. to re, to re, to change this conflict to to a to something that's more resourceful. Um, I, I just think that a lot of it has to do with us. We've been given an opportunity here. Like the universe is is clever. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the universe is. You know, I I think that you know a lot of the modern day mystics and a lot of the the modern day uh, dreamers and visionaries and prophets are clearly saying we've been waiting for this yeah. because the world is not listening. We no. are asleep. Yeah, you know, totally. We, we are asleep. And so, you know, we can have a choice. I think Carolyn Mace recently um, said, you know, we can have a choice to, to break down or break through. Mm. And I think that was a really nice sort of distinction that, you know, people are sort of saying, oh, I'm having a breakdown. Well, we can't afford to have a breakdown. Yeah. We really can't. Like we need to we need to be responsible, meaning respond in, a, in an able-bodied mind way to what's going on. That's what I think we need because I think there's enormous opportunity. We will be pushed to areas that we've never done before, you know, innovative and and creativity and all these incredible opportunities mm. in the midst of this these feelings of grief and loss and sadness and unknowing. Out of that, I think, or at the core, at the centre of that, there's a there's a well of amazing stuff ready to be discovered. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I remember you once said to me, um, I think it's a roomy quote about the house burning down about you you lose every 
every structure you believe to be necessary and you believe to be true and what are you left with at the center of it at the core of it and then what do you choose to build after that you know i think that's you know one thing that because I, the oh, sorry, house yeah. we build we build um the house we build of course in that context mm. is is a is an illusion yeah and maybe not you chosen know, no, by us like it might be our correct. how we're raised or our society or the things that are yeah. imposed upon us for whatever reason mm. and we've never had a chance to in a really mindful able-minded way to really say hang on what do i really want to to mm. participate in here Exactly. This is a very leveling experience that we're in at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we we are given. I think it's an incredible gift mm. in many ways. You know, I think it's um, I think it's tragic. Don't don't let me say. You know, I'm not trying to be altruistic here because people are actually losing their lives. So mm. I'm not I'm not trying to be sort of, you know, to belittle any of that. It's, it is it is a crisis. It's definitely a crisis. Mm. But for those of you know, for for those of us that are trying to work with this. And you know, stay healthy and and do the things that we know we need to do from a health perspective. Yeah. I think there's a whole other arena that is at our at our um, being that we're being called up to. Absolutely, and I think it's probably our. I mean, I want to circle back to one thing in a second, but I think it's probably it's our. We are very privileged. I'll cut. I'll you know cut to the chase here. It's like we are in a lucky position that. You know, I, I saw something. It was. It's not, you know, stay at home like stuck at home. It's like you're safe at home, and we're really mm. lucky that we're oh, not absolutely. in a refugee camp. We're not fleeing, or we're not having to walk, mm. uh, you know, a thousand kilometers on foot back to our village. Like we're really lucky. But in that, I feel like we have an opportunity and almost a duty to say, okay. What can I what can I do here? I'm not going to come out the same as I was before. So really, what do I need to do to get myself in a place where I can think about what that new version of myself, my world, my people, my community might be, you know? Yeah, and the thing is, you know, like we can sort of have all sorts of theories on why this has happened, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter why it's happened. The point is, we we have been as a society and as a world traveling down a narcissistic framework. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, we're self-centered. More, more, more consumerist. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you know, at the core of change, at the core of, tr- of the possibility of transformation. Yes, we're not in a refugee camp. We're not you know, in a poverty, in a country that is struggling with poverty. Mm. So I agree, we do have a responsibility and a duty that is, but that duty, I think, is to get back to the basics of kindness, of service, of love, of equality, Mm. you know, all of those. Connection, community, values, that's the exact All of those values that, that, that that are, you know, building people up, that are resourceful values, that are, you know, it's that's to me is the greatest challenge that we don't miss this. Mm. You know, that we actually rally the troops and create the tribes and grow the tribes. And and you know, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whatever you wherever you are, that you harness whatever gifts at this value system that you can that we can bring to this to this brave new world yeah absolutely the challenges that said so beautifully and i want to um 
I want to dive into that more deeply. But before we do, the thing that I sort of wanted to loop back to is, you know, for me at least, um, and I know for some of the people around me, colleagues or friends or whatever, I have watched people be super creative um, and make things and create things. And for some time, at least initially, like when I was initially losing contracts or having to really get out of a place pretty quickly to get back to loved ones, all that kind of thing. I really felt, honestly, I felt an inability to do anything other than just be under a blanket and cry for a bit. And I think it's amazing that we're seeing this surge of creativity in the world from our, you know, professional creatives as well as kind of everyone else. Look at some of the bloody TikToks and memes going on in the world. Like, but what I just want to spend a moment, I guess, with is just that space. If someone is listening and they are still in that space of, I can only eat cookies. Like, again, we know that's a super privileged place to be in, but I just want to acknowledge like that person that might be feeling like, oh my God, like for me, I've not, I've not picked up an opera score yet. I haven't walked into the practice room and I really want to do that really soon, but I've not been able to do that because I'm still feeling in my body at a cellular level. Gee, I'm really sad that I'm not doing that with those people and I don't get to make that music. And for me, number one, I had that period of just being like, I just need to be still and cry for a bit. And number two, I'm having that period of going, you know, I can do other creative output, like make a podcast. But for me, it's going to take maybe another week or two before I can even walk into a practice room again. And that might sound super dramatic, but I know that there are probably people in that space. Can we just sort of hold a bit of time and space for the people that are there? I think that what will happen, and look, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I haven't got the capacity to look into crystal balls, (laughs) (laughs) but I I think what will happen is that we will oscillate between getting in the, getting in the bed under the blankets (laughs) and having a big cry and then having surges of creativity where we rally ourselves and our, you know, our people on Zoom or our family or whatever. I think that we, we have to approach our world and our life in a very different way yeah. and one of the things that i think if if you know you speak to the to the health professionals the psychologists the coaches i know from in my own work as a coach one of the things that that we don't we have learned not to do well is to actually feel feel into our experiences amen sister you know, we move we move to doing yes and, i was you know, gonna say a that a theme yeah. of mine you know we <laughs> and then we beat ourselves up you know when we are having a crying bed or we just feel i can't pick that up or score up or i i just i come what's happening is our body and our mind and our soul our spirit our thoughts are all trying to regroup because because of this point of reference has changed for us mm. and so you know where we used to have a routine or we had a something to work toward or you know that's all now out the window so i would say you know being with our emotions again is a really key element to our to our transformation you know our emotions our emotions are part of us we are not our emotions but they are part of us and a very intrinsic and important part of us and they there's you know we need to experience our what 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 we're going through at this time we need to feel it in our body we need to sit with it we need to reflect in those times of feeling like crap or feeling sad or feeling worried it's okay and we need to let ourselves off the hook 
Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the paradigm that we used of the doing does not work in this situation. And it's funny, I, I sort of, you know, look at various feeds that are coming through my social media and it's all about, oh, you know, you can do this course and you can do that course and you yeah, know, don't totally. be left behind and, you know, return on investment and rah, 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 and you can get leads and you can do blah. And oh, I'm thinking, like, seriously? <laughs> That's you exactly know, I mean, what I'm like, feeling like. Yeah, do this challenge, like, learn this role. It's not great for me. It's like, like it's, an, it's an onslaught. It's, yeah. And, you know, even for my own self, I'm sort of thinking to myself, well, okay, you know, I'm preparing courses and things for my own community or for the creative community. Mm. But I'm just thinking, you know what? We very, we we don't really need a lot more stuff yeah. because we're already being bombarded. And then that, I think, for for many of us, we we go to that self talk of saying, "Oh, I should, I should, I should, I should, I should be doing stuff. I should." No, I think the only get rid of shoulds, stop mm. shoulding. <laughs> I think the best thing is to just be and just feel into and be with ourselves first and foremost which we don't do very often no we don't do it generally don't do it and we're forced to do it right now we are forced to do like you have a strong emotion you can't go out and just kind of diminish it or or like brush over it or numb it out like you know there's there's there are limited ways to numb out right now like yeah, and, you know, one of the terrors of that for a lot of people, you know, the extroverts in particular, not that I went to, wished, wished particularly to la- to label them, but, you know, a lot of people who have, who get a lot of their energ- energetic stuff from being with other people, they're really suffering in this moment. And, you know, you, you've probably seen a lot of the jokes online that sort of, you know, now is the introvert's time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I've always been self-isolation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. Um, you know, the humour is, I'm loving the humour, you know, that's coming through. But, but again, you know, there's something about, like, many of us, even for introverts, you know, it's like, yes, we can be in our own company, but there's a doing element to all of that that mm-hmm. I think that that we can just pull back from that, from that um, default mode of feeling that we need to be doing something and mm-hmm. rather enter into the experience of what's happening for us first and foremost because they're defining moments you know there's real treasures and gems and jewels in the sadness there's treasures in the worry there's treasure in the sense of you know losing connection with other people the collaboration for many is is no longer there there's a loneliness that that maybe people may be experiencing you know there are a lot of emotions that we probably haven't actually danced with for quite some time and they also are for me it's like the word i've written down here on my little paper is shadow like people are coming up against their their shadow like whatever they've just kind of forced into the background maybe it's like well i'm in a room with you now buddy you know what i mean like (laughs) if it's that loneliness or if it's whatever you know and i think there's so much power in that i I remember (laughs) i remember ages ago asking you um about well, like, okay, so you want me to feel my emotions, right? Um, this is when we started working together and I was like, in my head, how can I do it? How can I optimize goals, goals, goals? Um, but I remember asking you like, okay, so you want me to feel, all right, I'm going to feel, I'm going to do a really good job of this. And I remember saying to you like, okay, well, mom, like, how do I do reflection? How do I do sitting with my emotions? How I do feeling? And it took me, I, like, it's such a... Can you talk a bit about that concept, I guess, for those people that are going, okay, great, I can reflect, what do I do? 
Like, is there kind of a way of like, I don't know. I'm still, I, I still feel, you know, pulled by the doing, but how can we move out of doing by doing something else? I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the very first step, and you, you've heard me say this often in coaching, you know, the very first step to any change is awareness. Yeah. So even to be aware that, oh, gee, I've got a doing wiring happening here, mm. even in terms of, of something like, oh, I should be reflecting. <laughs> well, whenever you have should, whenever you put a should in front of the word, you know, now stop it. Just, yeah. Just breathe <laughs> and, you know, and get away where possible from it from the shooting so you know the very first step is awareness if i'm now aware that oh gee i have an automatic default to doing which i think the general population does totally yeah um if we then like in terms of reflection it's it's doing away with expectation so one the awareness to have okay i'm aware that i've got a doing thing going on and i just want to enter into some peaceful place in this time and get connected come home to myself Mm. i'm not sure how to do that gee how do i do that first step is to just begin and the beginning may simply mean just sit and Mm. see what happens just sit just sit with yourself and see what happens now that in itself can be quite scary because we don't know ourselves and we, this is why our busy world keeps us busy. We run from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and then we loop around and start again and run to that and run to the next and then loop around. And, that, and that's, <laughs> that's our world. Mm. So when we become still, we do start to experience emotions that are foreign to us. Yeah. You know, the, very, the thought of entering into underst- getting some understanding of our grief to 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 let ourselves go is terrifying for a lot of people Mm. and so you know choose your places you know be be somewhere be alone and just sit sit with yourself and and you know give yourself permission to be in that space you know just say okay i'm just going to open myself to have a little word to yourself i'm just Mm. going to open myself and see what emerges here Mm. without expectation and if nothing just blank that's good if, if your mind is monkey mind and going all over the place, that's good. Mm. Welcome, just welcoming all of those different experiences and feeling without judgment is the beginning of coming home to yourself. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, we don't have to be sitting cross-legged and doing all more, you know, chanting mantras or go for it if that's your thing, absolutely. But, but we don't have to sort of strategies when we're talking about this stuff yeah. <laughs> you know there if is i no meditate once a day yeah exactly there's no frameworks there's no strategies there's no real steps it's just begin and see what happens it's look to have a curious mind in, at this time to have a curiosity around what's happening for for me and for for those and for others i think is really the beginning yeah. Be curious. Just be curious. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. In terms of in terms of kind of okay, say you're sitting with yourself and you're feeling these things or whatever your version of that is, some people they might like, I don't know, sitting by a I don't know, the tree or in their bath or whatever. So say you're doing that and this stuff is coming up for you. A lot of us are also finding that, you know, if we're lucky enough, we are in a house safely with loved ones or with friends or housemates or whatever. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to 
uh, our interactions with loved ones. Like, have you got any kind of thoughts on how we begin to communicate that stuff? So say it might be a really new feeling for us. And maybe if we haven't observed it, you know, say that, oh, I'm really, really sad or I'm angry or whatever. So I'm actually taking it out on my housemate or my partner or whatever. And I don't realize I'm doing it. But when I sit with myself, I go, oh, gee, I'm actually really sad. And then I think, oh, crap, how do I even begin to communicate that to my partner or my friend or whatever? Like, have you got any tips for kind of, you talk about getting on the same map. I mean, is that important in this situation? And if so, like, how can we begin to do it with the people around us? Well, yeah, I think it's a really good question, Em. I I think the thing is we've forgotten how to really deeply communicate Mm. because we're out of touch with ourselves. That's the thing. So So if we can begin to reconnect with our own sense of self and our own and have this time, and say we do discover in that moment that, I'm feeling incredibly sad and yes, you know, my behaviour may be, I may be touchy or I may be, you know, short-lived or whatever, you know, whatever with my, with the people that I'm living with. I think the, the really easy languaging around that is I'm feeling X, how are you going? Mm, yeah. You know, I, I'm, it's, it doesn't have to be some, you know, incredibly um, sophisticated form of communication you know, you could be chopping up the carrots and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know what? I'm feeling. I'm feeling. Just aware that I'm feeling a, 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 like a slow buzz of stress on this, and I, I can't quite put my finger on it. What's your experience? Mm-hmm. Easy, easy stuff. And they'll go, and it's a change. Like they go, "Oh, who are you? <laughs> Unless you're used to doing that. Yeah. But it's amazing what can happen in that moment. And you know, if that person isn't able to respond because you know, they, they can't, that's okay to try someone else. Don't give up on that because I think part of the, part of us understanding ourselves is is some weird sort of form of validation of being heard, not validated, but being heard. Yeah. yeah. And as we, as we express, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling quite sad at this time and I can't put my finger on it, I don't know, I just feel a bit weird, um, you know, find seek people out that can can deal with your feeling sad and your weirdness mm-hmm. and listen to you in that and mm-hmm. just hold the space for you like none of us need to none of us need to solve anything here there's nothing to be solved it's really That's so an key, exercise isn't it? of existential listening really yeah, isn't it yeah and i think we've often like maybe forgotten that like i think you know mm. you hear so many people that it's like you know they might say to their partner or their friend or whatever okay this is what i'm feeling okay how do we fix this that's just another act of doing isn't it it is absolutely Mm. absolutely that's why we just need to return to real basic basic stuff of presencing and listening presencing and listening that's the only loop we need (laughs) i love that so much yeah at this time i mean they're really because so much is out of our control you can't we can't I don't think that tool, the tool of control and doing is really not relevant in this situation, I don't believe. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying you don't do anything. I'm not saying you don't, you know, motivate yourself to actually, you know, produce produce stuff. But the the first port in this situation... The first point of call is to come home to ourselves, I believe, and to really think, okay, what's happening for me in this? What's happening in my body? Ah, that's interesting. Just notice, ah, mm, okay, just notice, noticing, Mm. be aware, noticing I've got butterflies in my belly, noticing that my heart rate's a little bit fluttery about this. Oh, what's that about? Be curious. 
um, and then check in with the people that, that you're living with if you're, if you're living with someone else and check in with them because this is a phenomenal time to, to you know, really depth relationships and improve them and grow them and evolve together in, a, in brand new ways, I believe. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? That's so true. Mm. Um, what you were just saying sort of reminded me of another point on my list. So this idea of, okay, so we're coming home to ourselves, we're communicating with ourselves, I guess, and with people around us, whether they're in our physical space or we're giving them a call every day if we're in isolation by ourselves. Mm. Um, but it, it reminded me of this idea of, okay, so when we come from a place of being more at home to ourselves, we can then move into sort of, I guess, doing and routine that is more informed by that peaceful, still place. I'd really love to talk about, um, you and I have discussed before the idea of like the dog park. So like the framework Mm -hmm. that means we can be free. So I think like what I'm witnessing at least is a lot of like, especially from people outside the arts who hello are not used to having like a freelance lifestyle so they're kind of like i must have my routine eight o'clock every day and that's awesome because that's more similar to what they've been doing and that really works but for me as a freelancer i'm like whoa like i sort of had this thing going where i kind of came to understand my routine and now you're kind of like telling me i should be doing this and it's really freaky um but the point being is that like how do we find this sense of routine that works for us from a calm and informed place and how does this relate to the idea of like a, the dog park thing, like forming a routine for ourselves, especially for people who maybe are like just coming out of university or just coming out of a full-time contract where they're suddenly plunged into mm. this time and maybe don't have a good relationship with that kind of freelance routine time. I'd love to hear about that. Mm. Yeah, look, I think structure is it does have a place in all of this. I really do. Like I, I'm, I'm in a structure. I'm not... My situation is, hasn't changed a lot, actually, because I do work from home and I am a freelancer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think for people that have come from working lives, which I certainly will have done that as well, you know, to find our way is it can be, can be tricky initially. So I think our why is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is our big why here for whatever we're doing? So say, for example, we've wanted to, or, or I don't know, say we've got, a, a, a one-woman show we wanted we've loved we would have loved to have created or you know we, we'd like to up the ante on painting you know really mm. here's some time at my feet I could really get some great work done for an exhibition that I've wanted to do for so long mm-hmm. um, that 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 does carry sort of um, you know some resistance in us often for you know, I know it's down the track somewhere we'll be talking about fear, Emily. So, and, and, you know, fear yeah. comes up in situations like this. But, um, you know, I think I think the idea of having, of setting, of knowing our why, why why do I want to do this? What what's Why is this important to me? And getting, getting robust motivation behind something and then to put some sort of structure around that. And the, the analogy of the dog park, which... I have shared with you and I'll share for listeners is that you know when I got my little puppy Ivy I was nervous about uh, taking her to the dog park in the free range dog park because I was and I would just hold her on the lead the whole time because you know there was a road across not too far away other big dogs or 
whatever. And so I then found, I literally found a dog park that had a big fence, but it was massive. And so I would come in and then I would take the lead off the dog and she would run. She had a big smile on her face. And, <laughs> and she had this real freedom, you know, she'd go and sniff other dogs and she'd do a little wee on a tree and, you know, <laughs> all the things that doggy things do. And I felt I could really breathe when I knew that we had that boundary of the dog park, but yet she could be as free as dogs need to be. Mm. And it's a, it is a really good analogy for those of us that, you know, are trying to in this case in particular, in our current situation, like I do believe that it does help us to have a boundary, to have a to have a structure to work in, but it's not the first thing. The first thing is to know the why. The why for me was I want Ivy to have fun, to exercise, and for me to feel she was safe. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what my why was. And, and because that couldn't be fulfilled in a free-range dog park, I didn't take it there. And so, you know, it's the same for, say, someone who wants to create something or get an online course going or learn an ARIA or, you know, I don't know, create it, you know, create a um, recording, do some Mm. recording, whatever it is, whatever creative pursuit it is, I think it is important in these times to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to feel into what needs to happen, but I'm going to set myself some goals, but I would hold those goals fairly loosely. Yeah. You know, it might mean that, and personality comes into this. You know, some people are night owls and they will work fervently through the night into all hours of the morning and beyond. You know, that's um, that's when they're most productive. That's when they feel most alive. So I think in listening to ourselves, listening to our bodies, knowing what routine does work for us in normal circumstances and try in some way to emulate that. You know, so that, but I think it's really good to get up and say, look, Monday through Friday, whatever days I choose, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the first Monday and Tuesday only, or whatever it is, to set some goals and to set, to, to tap into your why and then to put some things in place. I think could, this could be an incredibly fruitful time for innovation and creativity, and you might, and hopefully you'll surprise yourself. Yeah. I like that a lot. If if someone were doing that, would it be like, I mean, again, it just depends on you come home to yourself and what is right for you. But it's like, would an example be like, okay, I'm going to try and have my breakfast at eight o'clock and that's when I do my yoga and then I create for two hours or I'm going to always make sure yeah. my afternoons. Is that the idea that you put, you say, right, I'm going to block out a bit of time and then I can show up and create within that space is that sort of the idea of what you would create yeah yeah i think so because you know if you've set your why what i did what i do when i sit at my desk every single day because i actually do have a desk job when i sit at my desk i set an intention for the day in fact i do it in bed in the morning too i sort of look at my day and i this is a habit now that i formed i look at my day and i go yep I'm going to do this. I'd like to do. I'd like to do this, 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 and this today. So that's my high-level intention. They may be pressing things that sort of need to be done, mm. um, and they become my priority. And then, what would I like to achieve? And then I sit at my desk and I set an intention, and I just bring in the. I bring in that to my day and say, right, okay, these are the things I really need to do and want to do, and these are the things that would be really great if I could also manage. And I just said that, and at the end of the day, I, I look at what I what my intention was and I give myself a pat on the back for the things that I've done. And if I haven't, I go, tomorrow's another day. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So, you know, it's like, I think it is important though. Well, for me, it's important 
to set an to set an intention and to have some sort of a roadmap on what I want to do. Otherwise, you know, things like procrastination and hanging around and marking time and being on treadmills and all those sorts of analogies sort of come into play very easily. It's easy mm. to get distracted. Yeah. And I would say in this time, make sure you don't you just don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, you know, I think you that's make sure really you key. connect because when we're outside in the when we're not in isolation we are actually communicating usually quite regularly with people, mm. strangers and, you know, saying hello to people in shops and bus, bus drivers. And, yeah, we are actually not terribly consciously communicating with people. And so I think it's great to set times to make sure we, we Zoom with someone or give someone a buzz or, you know, connect in some way that we're, we're actually talking or seeing them. Yeah, that's you know, so rather true. Than just typing something on a social media or liking something on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. I think we need to really build at that level as well. Mm, That's so true, isn't it? I think the danger is, is that coming from the doing society, I want to elaborate on this for a second, um, in a second, but um, coming from this doing society, we think like, okay, I've got to be super productive and I'm going to do nine to five and I'm going to make it. It just is not sustainable. And a theme, we talked about it before, like, we're, we're not living sustainably in every single way. Like we need to be sustainable with our own spirit and energy as much as anything. So it may be, as you say, you love creating the nighttime or it might be that, you know, I mean, I love getting into my space early in the morning kind of before anyone's up and just having mm-hmm. my time, whether it be to do yoga or create something or whatever it is. Yep. Um, but whatever it is for you, like not then feeling like, well, I couldn't possibly, you know, watch a movie this afternoon like i don't know i think we just tend towards being like we must be hyper productive and i don't know that that's well that's you i think i mean i think that is particular (laughs) to you (laughs) yeah i suppose i'm projecting on everyone but but, you know there would be other people that i mean i've i coach them that are on the other scale of you know other end of the spectrum who say look i watch movies all day and i eat popcorn and i you know, I did dilly dally around. I do nothing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, so there's, there's this, this. So you know, their coaching is about what the heck is wrong with me because I, I want to do X, Y, Z, but I just, I just <laughs> find myself watching Netflix all day. <laughs> yes, refer to so, our know, procrastination I mean, episode. We just bring our humanity to all of this, yeah. and this is why you know, bringing. There's not one size fits all. I suppose. So Look, it's true. Something I would sort of say. Is it working for you? Yeah, I love if that. If it's working for you, stick with it. <laughs> you stick often say it, that to me. Like, How's that working for not, you? <laughs> yeah, if it's not, you know, if it's not working for you, then you know, get some get some energy behind what you really want to do and yeah. become responsible. Because yes. you know, there's never, in a sense, there's never a better time now. Because there's, you know, it seems to me that there's a lot of time. People, that's really the big. Thing that people say, oh, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Or well, wow, you know, we've got time on platters at the moment. Yeah, it's so instances. true. And I think a lot of maybe I'm just generalizing, but I think a lot of people are still falling into the old habit of like, still not enough time. And it's like, hmm, okay, what's going on there then? You know, I think people with families I yeah, could, could totally. definitely claim that, particularly yeah. homeschooling and you know, yeah, um, the responsibilities for, for elderly parents and all of that. I think some people's time frames have escalated enormously. Oh, yeah. And whatever way we look at it, whatever way we look at it, <clears throat> the first point of call, I believe, is self <clears throat> mm. because 
we're only as good as our own mental, emotional, spiritual health. That's it. Yeah. You know, if, if we're not taking care of that, and it's not a selfish thing, it's actually something that we, I think we need to be aware of so that we can really move to the next stage, which is to be of service and to, to mm. really look out for each other. But yeah. if I'm feeling like crap or if I'm not sitting square on the nest, you know, if I'm not firing as many cylinders as I, as I can, I'm not going to be... I'm, to, I'm going to be a burden to somebody else yeah is that about is that about it's like a boundary thing about taking time like say that you are I have a lot of friends in that position that suddenly find themselves homeschooling when they've never done that before mm. um mm. you know how it is really difficult to find that time for ourselves you know is that about communicating and saying hey you know how do I make this um possible mm. for myself yeah, I think we need to know what we need. Yeah. And some right. of us, that's foreign territory. I think we need to get into a routine of just having some time alone. Look, at it in that, it may only be five minutes. Because, hmm. you know, it's just giving yourself permission to listen to yourself and, and see what comes up, but making that a regular practice. And then I think structure is important, particularly for those people that have now, you know, possibly dealing with work, issues working from home, children at home, you know, staying in touch with um, grandparents or elders who may, you know, infirmed who may need some extra additional sort of help. I think there is a, I think there are additional stresses for people in those yeah, situations. Um, but again, yeah, I think it's a really about giving ourselves um, the time to know what we need to really thrive in this situation, not have this, not this just simply survive. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think we can just go to that long, lowest common denominator and say, well, I just need to survive here. Exactly. Especially if our bodies are thrust into that, like that fight or yeah. flight place of I must survive. Like, you know, I must yeah. get there or I must do this or keep this person alive. Like that is so real. But it's like, I guess mm. it's about bringing down the nervous system to be like, okay, like calm. Mm. What next? Um, yeah. Just finishing up with kind of this topic of conversation, I would just love to hear you outline um i forget what it's called the model of kind of like human levels or like something where it's like all the different colors and people move like you move to different colors as societies what's that called oh so there's a, there's a number of frameworks i mean there's spiral dynamics there's the um integrals framework there's a there's a whole bunch of them but generally what it means is that people are at different world views is probably the easiest way to simply describe it mm. um, people are at world views and they and they from those world views and their views they're, they're basically positions of evolution mm-hmm. of personal evolution so you know you'll have the people that are very traditional they basically you know they don't really think for themselves they just sort of do traditional stuff they have a lot of regard for uh, you know whoever's in authority or authority figures and stuff like that so they're very traditional and then there's there's people who are egocentric and those people are you know it's about them it's about what they can get it's about how they can screw someone else it's you know it's like <laughs> dog eat dog um it's 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 very much um you know geared toward what i can what i can get not not definitely the issue of service is not part of their mentality then there's the achiever and the achiever are you know they're people who are are thrusting forward they're looking to you know attain things achieve things they're driven by by um 
they're motivated and driven often by money and fortune, good fortune and materialism and, and all of that sort of stuff. And then there's the uh, what we call the postmodern or um, the people who are um, more about, the, uh, if you like, a circular way of being in the world. They're, they're people who do consider other people um, as intrinsic to their own health and well-being. They are mindful of what I do impacts someone else. They're, they're more what we call the postmodern um, frame mind, mindset. And then there's others. There's, there's those that sort of now move to another level, which are, are more about um, a consciousness into a conscious way of living. And, you know, it, it becomes a more sort of a spiritual, aware of a spiritual connection that we have, not just a sort of a global economy or not just a you know sort of that type type and you know we're moving i think the world is moving we are all of that by the way yeah. you know whatever level we are we we actually we we sort of um, we hold that and we transcend it but we bring it with us mm-hmm. um so you know i can definitely move and be very much part of my achieving self and i can actually see myself as a postmodern. Um, I have a, a, the traditional me will poke its head up every now and again <laughs> and the egocentric one will have a little dance as well. So, you know, there's, there's no sort of hard and fast rules, but I, I found, I found the, the model really helpful because I think what's happening, you know, in a lot of... If you think, if you listen to people like Marianne Williams, um, Caroline Mace, um, you know, lots of these um, people who are working in this very conscious sort of um, level, they're, they're talking from a postmodern perspective. Yeah. You know, they're talking about we are connected, what, what I do impacts you, what you do impacts me, and they're also taking it to that next level, which is a very co- a conscious spiritual thing that, you know, this is not all we've got you know there's more than this sort of stuff and that you know with the past the present and the future sort of a one mm. but it's a it's a really interesting model and I, I think for I think what's really important whatever discussions we have about the time now and and you know getting back to your your desire to sort of explore this issue of grief and loss and stuff like that mm. I think it's very important for us to remember that this isn't all we've got and that you know it, it, everything that happens in our life is, is is an opportunity, I think, to grow and to evolve our souls, to involve our essence, you know, to involve at the very core of our being. And, and yes, it comes with our humanness, it comes with our, our humanity is at, at the centre of that. And, of course, we're going to feel crappy some days, we're going to feel sad, we're going to feel elated, we're going to feel all the whole range of emotions but they come and go. (laughs) They're not the essence of us. They're not the essence of us. Oh, so beautifully said, Monica. You're a wise guru. Thank you for your (laughs) thoughts on this matter. Well, thank you for the invitation to be a part of it. I think it's a a really important topic that um, I'm really glad that you're putting it out there, Em, and, Mm. yeah, congratulations for doing it. I think what you're doing is amazing. Thanks, girl. Thanks, girl. (laughs) Thanks, Em. (laughs) 